Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hi, welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Matthew Appleby and today I'm with Pennard Plant's Chris Smith. Now, Pennard Plant's operates from a Victorian walled garden in the heart of rural Somerset and offers one of the largest selections of edible plants, fruit trees and bushes and herbs to be found in the UK, as well as an amazing array of heritage and heirloom seeds and a few modern varieties they consider worthy of growing. Now, with the seed breeders Burpee, Pennard will be collaborating on a display of tomatoes at Chelsea Flower Show in September. The theme will be based on the round the forthcoming book to be published in 2022, 10 Tomatoes That Changed the World, by William Alexander. So, welcome, Chris. Yes, hello, Matthew. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Quite warm. It is. It's a hot one, isn't it? Is it hot out there in Somerset? Uh, it's very warm, yes. Expected about 30 today, so pretty warm. Brilliant. Okay, now I just wanted to delve back into the history of, of you and your business. So how did you um, get into horticulture? Uh, I was in horticulture from a very sort of early age with schoolboy jobs, if you like, in a horticultural establishment. And then when I left university, decided to go into horticulture and went into management of garden centres, uh, where I was for quite some time before eventually ending up opening a nursery with another guy. Yeah. So ex-garden centre manager turned running your own business. So how, how have things been in Somerset during the lockdown? How have you managed over the last sort of 17, 18 months? Well, of course, there hasn't been any shows um, and shows were a major part of our business up until that point. But fortunately, we've had a website for quite some time and the mail order side, really, we were geared to run it and keep it running. And 
so basically over lockdown we were kept extremely busy. So how much is the mail order taken off? Have you seen a big uplift there? Yeah, I mean, I reckon that we've probably seen during the lockdown period an almost doubling of mail order sales. Um, that hasn't really made up for the shows, but because we haven't been travelling, we haven't had hotel expenses, we haven't had show expenses, in terms of profitability, it's shown to be a more profitable uh, method of selling plants. That's good to hear. Now, you didn't do Hampton, but you are doing Chelsea in September. So can you tell us a bit about that decision? Um, basically, we had decided we weren't going to do any more shows. Um, I am now 70 and decided it was time to spend more time on the nursery and doing what I enjoy, which is growing plants. And so we had made that decision really prior to the pandemic. But Chelsea came along in September, which is actually a much better time for us than May because we grow vegetables and therefore we decided that we would like to show something in September. We've worked with burpees before and they wanted to show some tomatoes and therefore we came up with the idea of utilising this book that's been written in the States to show the 10 tomatoes that changed the world. And that's really how the exhibit came about. Brilliant. So what's going to be on it? Ten tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, there's going to be ten different varieties of tomatoes, as mentioned in the book. Although a couple of them will be similar varieties, where basically the varieties that he mentions aren't available. Um, the story of how each one came about and how each one changed things that happened. So, for example, you've got the tomato that uh, was really developed for pizzas. Uh, you've got the tomato that how that started with spaghetti and so forth. We'll have some other varieties of um, vegetables on the stand as well, just to complement that range. But most of them will be burpee varieties. That sounds good. So will this be your swan song at Chelsea then, do you think? Yeah, um, I have decided that this is going to be the last Chelsea. Um, we did a wartime exhibit in um, 2019, um, which was going to be our last one, but we never actually said it was going to be our last one. So this one we're now saying will be our last Chelsea show. It sounds like you're going out with a bang. Um, but we are at a stage where um, I was at Hampton quite recently and there was a few less nurseries there. And I mean, is it because some of the nursery owners are reaching retirement age or is it because shows aren't as good as they were or, or what? Why do you think there's a few less nurseries around at these events? It's a combination of both. I think you haven't got the youngsters coming into the industry. And so the people that are showing are all getting older and eventually will want to retire. And in many cases, have got nobody to take over the business. Shows are nowhere near as good as they used to be in terms of sales. Um, you'll notice that Hampton Court is now called a festival rather than a flower show with everything else going on. Uh, and I think people now go to shows 
not necessarily to buy plants. They go for a day out and they go for the champagne and strawberries and whatever else is there. And I think that's made a huge difference. And to a certain extent, the floral marquee has just become a bit of a sideline. It's there because it's a flower show. But basically, particularly with the weather is hot like it is at the moment, people don't go in there. Uh, there's less exhibitors there. So therefore, that is a self-perpetuating circle, really. The less exhibitors, the less people will go in there. Uh, and so that problem will just go on, I think. Oh, I see. Now, looking on the bright sides, we're in a high point for grow your own and um, grow your own veg at the moment and fruit. Um, and you must have seen it, that sector go up and down over the years. So what do you put it down to at the moment? Why do you think we are on a, an up, upward curve? I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, one is particularly if people have got children, they want to show the children where veg comes from. Um, that it doesn't come from Sainsbury's or whatever supermarket you shop in, but it comes out of the ground. I think you've got the fact that people are very conscious that there may be shortages. Um, shortages now because of Brexit, of course, and shortages because there's nobody to pick the crops here. Um, there's been a lot of press coverage on both of those issues. And I think people just want to get out and actually get in contact with the soil again. Um, you probably remember that a good few years ago, nurseries that grew fruit trees were going out of business left, right and centre. Um, so, in fact, a lot of stock isn't around anymore. And so it's becoming increasingly difficult for some people to find what they want. And I think you know, that's also contributed with the urgency for people to try growing their own. Oh, I see. So um, during, during the lockdown, I noted that and some stories we wrote that there were uh, some seeds were not available. You know, it was hard to get what you want, particularly last year. Are, are you still seeing any any shortages and in, in, in delivery delays? Okay, I mean, think we were very fortunate in uh, working with our suppliers with seeds that we didn't really have much problem. Um, there were a lot of shortages in other parts of the industry. Um, but it was not particularly noticeable to us. However, certain seeds, certain difficult to grow varieties or varieties that perhaps we don't produce ourselves, we imported from Europe and even in some cases the States. And the changes in regulations have made that importation impossible. Um, a lot of the suppliers don't want to deal with the UK at all. They don't want to do the paperwork. They don't want to be bothered with it. And so really, we'll start to see differences this autumn and winter, um, particularly with regard perhaps to seed potatoes, where we've always been known for offering varieties from France. But I don't know that our supplier there will want to bother about all the extra paperwork involved and then at the end of the day, them not actually arriving here in good condition. Crikey. Is there anything else which you think might um, go off the market? Um, the other difficult section is with um, onions, garlic and shallots, that family, um, because the regulations are so stringent. And of course, you know, France has always been a source of 
um, garlic in particular and also shallots, Holland for onion sets. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. So is there anything else which you might think um, be a bit short um, for next year? Well, I think, as I say, onion sets, shallots and garlic will be difficult because traditionally we've imported garlic from France. And that may be a problem. Onion sets quite often from um, Holland. I'm not sure what's happening there, except the fact that the price uh, listed so far has almost doubled in some cases. Whether they'll actually get into the country is the next issue we face. So it's going to be a difficult and very interesting time come the autumn and early winter. And there's been other difficulties recently in terms of opening to the public. Your near neighbour, Jekka McVicker, made a big um, sort of protest about this, that retail nurseries weren't allowed to open while garden centres were earlier this year. And... Um, that hasn't that hasn't changed, though. Obviously, retail nurseries are now allowed to open as lockdown eases. But um, you have open days, and were, were you forced to close when you wanted to be open? Uh, no, not really. We we haven't opened to the public generally for some considerable number of years. We have obviously had a few open days, um, which we haven't held for the past eighteen months. We ran one in June, which was only by invitation really uh, so we're looking perhaps to start up again September October but it's not really affected us at all although people who wanted to come to the nursery by invitation or by by uh, appointment um, found it very strange that um, we weren't allowed to do that whereas they could go to the local garden centre and do really whatever they like no, I hope that's something the government will look at um, if this ever happens again. Now, looking at trends in fruit and veg, seed buying, what have you seen change uh, in recent times? And, and looking into the future, what do you think people will be buying more of? Well, of course, trends can be dictated by so many things. Um, it was very noticeable, for example, sometime last year or maybe even longer ago, when there was a shortage of courgettes in the shops in the middle of winter because Spain had snow when it should have had sun, everybody rushed to buy courgette seed. So, you know, that caused a bit of a spike in sales. At the moment, people are wanting to grow salad crops um, in particular because bags of salad, again, are so expensive in the supermarkets and there are shortages. It's quick growing things. Unfortunately, the newer gardener, likes to see instant results they want to be able to sow it today and pick it tomorrow um, and so that's caused a spike really in sales in those quicker growing crops in terms of fruit a lot more people are going into growing soft fruit uh, i think the problem has been that perhaps you haven't been able to buy gooseberries or black currants in the supermarket quite as readily as you have blueberries for example and so people have been going into growing their own and they are pretty easy to grow um, except for the fact that if you're like me and you grow red currants the blackbirds have them before you do but I think that trend of growing more perennial crops is actually increasing 
uh, and getting away from growing the traditional crops of parsnips and leeks and that type of thing. No, that's that's fair enough. Now it sounds to me pretty idyllic out there on your um, on your <laughs> nursery in in Somerset. So this time of year, what what's your typical day out there? What do you get up to? So basically, for the past eighteen months, I have been packing orders every day. So usually the morning consists of packing orders, which is getting a bit of a chore now, although we actually also have a, a warehouse where we have a lady who also packs orders. And so the, the morning consists of that. At the moment, it also consists of making sure the irrigation is working and doing its job in the tunnels and outside on the tree lines. And then it's really a case of keeping the weeds under control and doing an awful lot of pruning at this time of the year. The, a lot of the trees need pruning. It's stone fruits. They need pruning. And basically, we really got behind on potting early on in the season. And so we were quite short or getting short of some plants. So there's also still quite a lot of potting going on, particularly of herbs to keep the stock fresh. Uh, and growing the plants for Chelsea or just before Chelsea for Wisley Flower Show. Oh, I see. So which, which bit of the job do you enjoy most? Growing the plants, I think, and looking after the plants. Um, that's not to say I don't enjoy talking to people about the plants. I do. But I think, you know, to, to start something from a cutting or a seed and take it to maturity into a, a plant that you can actually sell is the part that I find most rewarding out of the job. And uh, there must be things which are annoying and irritating. I imagine all this sort of Brexit and import-export and not being able to sell to Northern Ireland is, is pretty annoying. Yeah, I mean, we have still been sending stuff to Northern Ireland without any difficulty. Um, so I don't know whether that is going to change. I mean, there's, there's all rumours about things going on, so... You know, at the moment, we're just keeping uh, our heads down and doing up the parcels and sending them. Um, not that we have a huge uh, following in Northern Ireland. We don't, but we do get some regular customers. And a lot of people used to import or take the stuff in through Northern Ireland and then take it into the south. So that's all stopped now, of course. <laughs> feel in some ways we're coming towards the end of an era for the sector in terms of it changing um, the way it sells you know we have now shifted to sort of mail order and internet away from shows and perhaps you know the generations are are changing around a bit do you, do you feel this is like quite a pivotal time yeah I mean I don't think younger people have time to go to shows or to pay in some cases the ridiculous amount of amounts of money it costs to get into the bigger shows. Um, so I think that it's got to change. A lot of customers are getting, traditional customers are getting a lot older and in fact not able to go to shows anyway. And it's much easier to sit there on the computer and order your plants that way. And providing you have a reputation for supplying good quality, good sized plants, then basically your reputation is maintained and you get repeat business because of it. Um, I think there are a lot of 
areas of the industry that needs to look at the quality of the plants they send out. Uh, there have been a lot of complaints and the complaints that you get are normally about some of the, the very big companies. Um, we try and maintain a standard. We all send out a mature plant unless we actually say it's a very young plant. And I think that way the customer gets satisfaction in that the plant they grow will produce fruit the first year. I mean, for example, blueberries, if we send out blueberries now, the majority of them have got a crop on that people can pick this year. Well, I'm looking forward to um, your Chelsea Swan song and I'm hoping you're going to be going strong with the mail order with your quality edible plants for a few years yet. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to finish up, Chris, with um, what we always ask is what plant would you not be without if you were cast away on a desert island? Well, giving it a bit of thought, I think the one plant that is easy to grow and gives you a massive crop of useful um, items is yakon uh, and yakon which comes from South America would grow very well on a desert island as long as it could find some water and with that plant you would have something that you could use as a refreshing drink you would have something that's crisp and crunchy to eat and taste good you could make a syrup to sweeten your tea if you were lucky enough to have tea or you could make tea from the leaves you could wrap your food in it to cook it in. It's all round, very useful plant. And I just think it's so easy to grow that I just love it. You know, if you've got one plant, you can get a crop of 10 kilos off it and you won't get that off potatoes. So I think it has to be yakon for me as just the, the miracle plant to grow. Great, that's certainly a plant for the future. Thanks very much for all that, Chris, and uh, thanks for listening to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Matthew Appleby, and I've been with Chris Smith from Pennard Plants. Now, make sure you never miss a Horticulture Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Horticulture Week podcasts via Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. So once again, thanks very much, and goodbye till next time. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.